Locked Into the Zone with Diamonds and Roses podcast, bringing you one step closer to Pacific Northwest and Southwest Canada baseball news, stories, and history. Proudly fueled by Baseballism, their America's brand, and Devo Bat Company, professional wood grain bats for the love of the game. And now your hosts, Ben and Travis. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. So glad to have you joining here, Season 6, Episode 6. And I have with me this very great episode, the boys from BaseballMapper.com, Corey and Patrick. How's it going today, gentlemen? Hey, how are you? Doing good, doing good. We got it. We got it. Both of them talking at the same time, but uh, it's great. The two guys that are on a path here, mapping the path. Um, so let's let's start with uh, let's start with Corey. Corey, uh, give us a little bit of uh, your background, sir. Uh, so I'm a data scientist. Um, so I ended up approaching Patrick with the idea a while back um, because we would go on baseball trips every year and we wanted to find uh to go to a, a major league baseball stadium we would want to find you know a minor league game or an independent league game or something nearby and when, you know pretty much meant going on wikipedia and doing searches and trying to figure out what was nearby so I'm like hey man you know what i think i can put this all on a map i had seen some people do some google maps versions of this I'm like, I think we can do this, and uh, it's just going to take some dedication to keep it updated because, um, you know, it definitely loses the, – the maps get stale if you don't keep up on them. There's a lot of change mm-hmm. in the in, uh, collegiate summer teams. So um, yeah. so I put it together, um, learning, you know, my way around websites and things like that. Um, I, you know, my background as a data scientist allowed me to gather the data easily, but – um, you know, putting it together under the website was new for me. So um, Patrick helped, you know, spread the word on that. Um, and and that's how it all started, you know, back maybe, what, 2020, uh, 2019, somewhere in there. Um, Where did this love of baseball come? Oh, man. Uh, so for me, it was a little later in my life. I, I graduated college uh, and, and got a place with a buddy. And I would get home from from work pretty early, you know, like two, three o'clock, and Cubs games would still be on, and Harry Carey and Steve Stone would be on, and um, you know, I, I learned a lot about baseball from Steve Stone, and you know, a lot about the passion for baseball from Harry Carey. Uh, it was a fantastic, you know, a couple of years there. Um, you know, the Cubs kind of sucked during that time, but it is what it is. Um, so that that's where it came from for me. I played a, a little league just like, you know, one year as a kid, never played in, in high school or anything. So I have no playing background, but, um, you know, I, I credit Steve Stone for my love of baseball now. So living in Chicago in the Burbs, you know, you just became a Cubs fan. Why not a White Sox fan? Um, I don't know where, where that's a good question, man. It is a good question. Um, (laughs) we're on the North side, uh, Northern suburbs. And I think that's just the ballpark that was closest for me. I I don't think there's really anything more to that. Um, also the day games, the day games got me, uh, Wrigley had, uh, specific rules because they're in a residential neighborhood about, uh, how many night games it could have throughout the year. Um, And so that was still going on 20 years ago. So, uh, um, you know, that was a big deal for me to be able to come home from work and having games still on like that. I feel there's a little animosity in the, uh, the North side, (laughs) South side, uh, between you and Patrick, Patrick, can you explain that a little bit? Well, part of it has to do with the White Sox being the, um, the lesser loved stepchildren of Chicago. That's the way I would describe it. Um, even when they won the world series in 2005, uh, the city is dominated by Cubs fans. And in the Northern burbs where we live, uh, it is also dominated by Cubs fans, but I grew up, um, I grew up also a little, little bit further South. Um, and, but 
it's still it, Cubs, Cubs, everything he's describing is Cubs nation around here where you, you would see him on WGN. Um, you would see the advertisements are predominantly Cubs. Uh, but when we were growing up, the one thing that I think was a difference maker was uh, the White Sox team was exciting in the early 90s. That was the era of Frank Thomas and uh, Robin Ventura, Ozzie Guillen. Uh, you know, that, that those were really good teams back then. It, they got Albert Bell. They, you know, they, they were um, fun to watch. And I would actually watch the replays of those games late at night. I would stay up late and I would watch the replays late at night on the old sports channel. And uh, I became a Sox fan. That's how it happened for me. I, I, I kind of fell in love with that team. I fell in love with, you know, we had a Hall of Fame player and you kind of knew it. You knew he was special at the time. And um, that was the thing that we had to hold on to the most. Um, but it it, uh, it wound up kind of driving my passion for uh, baseball. Um, and and I, I don't know, it's kind of like the underdog thing. The White Sox mm -hmm. are like kind of like the underdog of the city. And uh, it, it definitely carries that the, the southern uh, in southern Chicago, the, the Bridgeport area, even the the western, like the western Indiana, northwest Indiana suburbs um, is all kind of a working class and has a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. And so it's natural for those fans to butt heads against the the uh, pretty boy uh, affluent uh gold coast uh cubs fans and yeah. it, it works man that's that's a real that's a real rivalry within the city that's why the the uh crosstown classic is such a big deal mm -hmm. you know you bring up wgn and one of the things has progressed in the years is that you know the further and further it gets away from being broadcast on wgn just like the braves being broadcast on tbs it's just like nobody really understands like how and what it felt like to just have that station just on regular cable or whatever that you could just go to day in and day out and like watch those games. Yeah. I can't even watch the Cubs anymore. They're on marquee network. Um, I subscribe to YouTube TV. They don't carry marquee and uh, you know, I haven't paid for marquee separately. So I, I can't watch the Cubs anymore. It's really sad. Yeah, it's, yeah, that and, had a. I'm sorry, that yeah, that had a way of of gathering your casual fan. It would just be on. You'd be on in the afternoon, you know. Um, and so, if you wanted to watch baseball, you could pretty much whenever you wanted to. I think it's the same way. It just it created baseball fans because it was so readily accessible. And baseball is definitely missing that today. Major League Baseball is for sure. Yeah, no, I agree. I was actually wanted wanted to hit on that real quick because i didn't want to get too far down down the path but um you know i i feel like you know everybody talks about well why is major league baseball like not getting a lot of v viewers and so on and i really agree with that i feel like a lot of it has to do with it's not easily accessible or if you are like me and i subscribe to mlb tv your local team is blocked out you can't you can't watch them that doesn't make any sense. I, I just it seems so counterproductive to keep and anybody who subscribes to Major League ML, MLB TV is a Major League Baseball fan. They shouldn't be kept from baseball, right? They they are they're the the ones who are are going to support the product. Why are you putting any roadblock in their way? It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. We've told in the Chicago area, we've gone from when we were kids, we could watch the Cubs on WGN um, and the Blackhawks hockey team was blacked out and now it's switched around the other way. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> wow. wow. What about you, Patrick? Where's, where's your love of the game come from? Um, you know, I think it, I think it does start young for me. I, I, um, I, like I said, I fell in love with, um, 
baseball. I collected baseball cards as a kid. Uh, I, I remember us living right behind a uh, baseball card shop. It was what a what a great situation that is if you are a fan of baseball because players would come there to sign autographs. I remember actually meeting uh, Sox players and Cubs players. I actually met Mark Grace at that card shop. So I easily could have become a Cubs fan. But like I said, there was a lot of draw to that Sox team that was so great um, that, you know, obviously all Sox fans will tell you they got cheated out of a World Series berth that year with the strike season in 93. Um, I, you know, I would watch games religiously. I think that was that was probably the first time I ever realized just how much of a sport you could watch. It was on every night. Um, which is different than football. You know, it's different than a, a lot of other things. And I would play it, you know, I would play it with friends. Even when we weren't playing like organized ball, we would get together and play, get set up teams and we would play outside. So I've always been big into it, but I think what, what kind of spurred as Corey had mentioned earlier with us in the creation of the website, um, you know, I got, I, w- I went to the military and I was stationed on the East coast and we were, you know, 30 minutes away from uh, Camden Yards in Baltimore. I was stationed in Maryland. And, uh, you know, we were uh, four hours without traffic. So you have to go like at, you know, 1 a.m. to make your way to New York City. Uh, Boston was about six hours away. Uh, you know, there, there was just baseball was readily available. And, um, you know, that and then all of a sudden minor league baseball is everywhere. All the Baltimore Orioles uh, minor league clubs are right around the corner from Camden Yards. So between like, you know, Frederick, Maryland and uh, Bowie, Maryland. And so we would spend a lot of time baseball during the summertime. We'd be going to a lot of baseball games. And uh, the idea of traveling for baseball games really kind of gets its start there. You know, we caught a double header uh, in Pittsburgh to go see PNC Park. Uh, You know, and again, all of it was proximity. If you're on the East Coast, you're kind of spoiled with baseball. But come to find out when we make the map, there's a lot of places that are spoiled with baseball. And we actually live in one. we got three major league teams within an hour and a half away from each other with uh, the Brewers and both the Cubs and the Sox and all of the minor league baseball, all the collegiate summer baseball that's around us. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that that kind of that kind of passion for baseball, it's easy to find when it's around you every day, one way or another. Yeah. One of the things you just talk about minor league baseball and summer collegiate baseball. One of the things I really enjoy and I've been really heavily focused in on doing myself is going out and watching some of the younger prospects and seeing them just as they enter in and like high A ball out here in Oregon and Washington. And, and then what after that, following them up through and seeing their progress, and then maybe they'll make it to major league baseball at one point. And then you can say, Oh, I, you know, I met that person um, when they were playing down here in a ball. And so, you know, being able to, see all these teams and know all these teams in your area, especially when it's not major league, it's, it's really, really cool because it gives you a different perspective and how hard they work. Yeah, um, it's really cool. We, the, the King County Cougars are nearby to us and they were affiliated and Kyle Schwarber came through and, and several uh, major league baseball uh, players came through, they were single a at the time. And um, more recently jazz Chisholm came came through um and my son was able to get uh one a, a broken bat from the game from him and get it signed and stuff and and that's a huge deal for him right now and that's the sort of thing you get from from the lower levels of baseball it's more more player fan interaction uh more souvenir balls to take home things like that it's fantastic for the kids i just recently went to a hillsborough hops game where they played against everett Aqua Sox, the minor league affiliate for the Seattle Mariners. And I got to meet Harry Ford and Harry Ford just played in the world baseball classic. And so I was talking with him and I had a couple baseball cards and I asked him if he could sign it. And I said, two were for my children. And then he's like, Oh, well, what are their names? And so I told him their names and he wrote their names on each one of two, one of the baseball cards, each side, two baseball cards, each of each of them are made out to my sons. And then I got one that I can keep for myself. But I I just thought it was cool to have that interaction with somebody who just literally was on the world baseball classic stage. So that's so cool. 
Yeah, we we also have uh, a lot of collegiate summer in the area. So I will mm-hmm. uh, like baseball as a destination for dinner. I will be have nothing going on maybe one night and I can go get a Kenosha Kingfish ticket for about nine bucks, spend another nine bucks on like a pulled pork sandwich and have a great dinner on the lawn out there. And there's just nothing better in the summertime. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so there's not many sports like that. I think that, that, you know, the, the, just the atmosphere and the, the cadence of the other, of the game and all that lends itself to just, you know, being a nice place to be at, you know? Mm-hmm. So you, t- I was reading on your, your site that the two of you met at a pizza shop. That's a, that's the Chicago land way. I mean, everybody's in a pizza <laughs> shop one way or another. <laughs> Are you making deep dish? Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's right. Um, <laughs> no. So we, um we actually met, I, I had moved into his neighborhood uh, my going into my junior year of high school and he was a senior and right, right around that time, wasn't it right when Rosati's opened up? I think it was yeah. right when, yeah, they had whole side of the strip mall was opening up. So Rosati's pizza, pretty famous chain in the Chicagoland area. You can find those pretty much everywhere. Um, and uh, we we both applied for a job there, and I worked in the kitchen, and he was making pizzas, and we we worked together throughout the summer, and um, you know we went to the same school, and we've been friends pretty much since that moment. I, he went away to college, and fast tracked a master's degree at uh, Northern Illinois. He's already mentioned his uh, his love of uh, data and statistics, and. Uh, He's uh, he was able to put that together quick. And while at the same time, I, w- I went away to the Air Force and um, I wound up coming back home as he did as well. And we've been able to uh, stay friends for a long time for like most of our lives now is the way you kind of look at it mm-hmm. more than. Half so, our life. so this vision that you had, what was the initial vision for what you wanted to do with this this map? Like, were you like, oh, let's put it on just a basic generic map or was it like how you have it set up now where you're like scrolling in, scrolling out and you can easily get into where you're, where you're at. No, that was, that was it to be like Google maps, but you know, I want, uh, I wanted it to be able um, to survive, you know, at low cost to us. Like if Reddit got a hold of it and tens of thousands of people were on it, um, so we were able to do that, you know, by not using Google Maps, basically, um, but still provide an, an experience that I think is is usable or usable enough. There's definitely things I want to add, but, um, you know, one big feature was uh, on the right side, the filters for the different leagues and on the left side, uh, um, a search bar. So, you know, with those couple tools, I think, you know, it, it we can we can get down to, you know, the use use case for the majority of users. Um, you know, it'd be great to be able to pick two pins and like plot a route and see how far the drive is and things like that. Um, and those are enhancements, hopefully that, uh, you know, are to come, but, but for now, I think it, you know, it, it does its job as, as being an easy way for people to discover baseball, either where they are or where they're going, you know, on vacation or whatever. And the practical that- application of that is important too, because it comes about. We come up with this this idea because of necessity ourselves, because we're in a city and we're looking for baseball. And wouldn't it be nice if there was one place you could go and be like, "Well, I'm I'm going to this city. What baseball is around there? Um, what can I do?" You know, we and when you think that all the time, yeah. I mean, any trip you go on with the family, yeah, a work exactly. trip, anything, you're always, what can I do while I'm there? Go visit grandma. What do I hit on the way? And the whole point is to help people find the the baseball specifically that's there that they didn't know. And we were in Houston at the time on a trip a few years back when we were having to search. And Corey and I, Corey does a lot of the planning of our guys trips, our annual guys trip we do. Um, you know, spreadsheet, you know, it's right up his alley. Um, 
planning it all out. And, you know, I'm, I'm helping, we're looking for games, trying to find stuff to do. And it was really hard to find stuff, but you came across things like the Texas collegiate league. And most people don't even know that it league exists. And so it's like, how many other gems are there in the country where baseball is important in these communities, you know, and I'm sure you've seen that Ben, when you go somewhere, man, like you go to these smaller towns, you would just mention being in like Hillsboro, you go to these smaller cities and stuff and they really support their team. Like that, that means that baseball means a lot there. If you aren't from there, you don't know that, but you can discover it if you know where to find it. And that's really the Mm -hmm. whole point of, of the map. Yeah. And, you know, you I want to bring up a good example too. like go to Victoria, British Columbia, where the uh, Victoria Harbor Cats play. It's a summer collegiate team. But I mean, they're drawing a thousand, two thousand fans for a summer collegiate baseball you know, game on an average. Um, and it does mean a lot. You're absolutely correct. Um, so. So so you have this. What was. What did you feel like was one of the most difficult things when you first started, when you're like started getting into this? You're like, okay, we want to map this, but my gosh, I'm just like having a hard time with this. Yeah. So for me, uh, I was able to create a map and kind of make a prototype. And and so then I'm getting on fiber and, you know, other, you know, like outsourcing websites to try to figure out how to hire a map developer to make this a reality for me. And I went through three different iterations of that and was basically like, screw it. All right. I got to figure this out myself. And um, so that was it. Next big challenge was then, all right, we've got it on a website. Um, How do you get people to know about it? And that was um, why I worked with Patrick in particular is he's fantastic at, you know, social media, interactions with people, all that kind of stuff. And he was able to spread the word really quickly and get people using the map, um, you know, which is which is fantastic. Um, and then also, you know, spread the word to teams that that, you know, we're we're this one place where teams and fans can meet up. Um, and so that's where the, the partnerships came in with the teams and things like that. Yeah, I was looking at it and I didn't know until you brought it up about being able to separate it between uh, college, uh, independent. I, I didn't notice it until like I looked at like there's like three little arrows, like one on top of the other. But that's a really cool feature that you've had. Um, and how do you remember how many teams that you just were able to start off with or, you know, was it just simple and easy to uh, easy to go once you started really looking into it yeah i do it by league so i added like nca division one to start um you know uh, mlb and all the minor leagues um and then you know the northwoods league was close to us and one by one started adding collegiate leagues that we're still adding there's a lot that like you know, don't have league websites even, you know, they just kind of have like this scoreboard website and, you know, it's, it's hard to find logos and, and locations and things like that. So we'll have to reach out to leagues and, and get all this information. But, um, you know, that's, that's the challenge is to, to keep adding all these little, you know, smaller collegiate leagues that, you know, basically our, our kind of mantra is if you can buy a ticket, it should be on the map, right? So that's 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 what what the aim is. And then and then every every you know month or so go through and make sure we're up to date. Um, you know, that's that's a way bigger deal, I guess, over the winter time as as teams are coming and going. Um, but you know, there are teams that drop off the map in the middle of the season. We saw that last year with the expedition league and things like that. Yeah, and actually, Ben, you bring up a really good point about the filters. Somebody had had asked about Division One, maybe it was last season, and we were kind of like, hey, check out the filters on the right-hand side. And if you notice, it's actually on default. When you go to baseballmapper.com, on default, the Division One is unchecked because when you do – 
so many so many pins pop up on the map it actually becomes really uh inundated with with uh map pins because there's so many uh division one college baseball teams added to the map just right there if if somebody is a fan of division one baseball we want people to be able to find it to that extent where you could literally uncheck everything else and only look at division one baseball if you'd like and see all the pins that are on there yeah i mean it definitely added a lot it was really interesting how you can easily i mean it's very easy that you can kind of click through this take away to you know take away leagues take away certain levels or add certain things in and just kind of go um one by one on uh each one of these uh particular things um so you were i just want to take a step back so you were planning this annual baseball trip and you kind of stumbled on like this idea was it like that aha moment where you know you've done this trip for a few years and then you're just like you know what we keep doing this all of the time each in these particular areas why don't we just go ahead and create a site and we can you know eliminate this for a lot of people yeah i think a lot of technology websites end up being uh created in this way where where the founders have a need for something they create it for themselves and then they basically commercialize it from there so this this follows from that like this was a great planning tool for us and we figured it'd be a great planning tool for other people as well um so you know unfortunately the year we were going to launch in 2020 um you know we'd worked the entire uh like 2019 to 2020 winter um you know baseball off season to create the website Local and then, design, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. 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 2020 hits and uh, there's no baseball to be played. So we we had to scramble real quick at that time to, you know, create create a basically a, a different map. So I think it still exists. Um, I think if, if you go to map.baseballmapper.com slash COVID, um, the uh, 2020 version of the map exists there where uh, – all the pins uh, for all the the small little pods that were playing during COVID uh, are on there, and 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 that was our launch. Where you know we had this season where Major League Baseball wasn't having fans; it was just cardboard fans in the in the seats, and uh, and it was just you know really really small um, pods basically around the country that were that were operating. Yeah, and you could find baseball. You could find it. We had that. We actually did quite a bit of traveling. Went to the Dakotas uh, to uh, see the Bismarck Larks and their three-team pod. We we uh, made it to what Huntingburg, Indiana, to see the Liberation League. Uh, you know, certain teams and stadiums were not playing, and, and leagues were shut down. But there were teams who were playing in their place and using this the facility. I mean, it was. It was a unique time for baseball. But to Corey's point about uh, making this tool for us uh, and, and the idea of connecting on social media, we just took off from there in, in spreading the word because turns out there's a lot of people like us. Baseball is unique in that way where people travel for this sport and whether they're, they're stadium collectors or they um, – go to minor league games to get their prospect baseball cards signed by these players, or they are a diehard uh, supporters of their local team and their uh, host families. I mean, this is happening all around the, in the Cape Cod league in the Northwoods league, uh, all these smaller summer collegiate leagues around the country. Um, there is a lot of people who love their baseball. And we found that out through social media that, this tool works for us, but man, there's a lot of people that can benefit from it. Even players who are looking for places to play can find teams that they didn't know about and they can reach out in indie ball to get a shot and an opportunity. So that's that's one of another benefit, an unintended consequence of having this baseball map. From a PR standpoint, you know, how much time were you spending just trying to get the word out and you know, what are some things that you did personally to do that? 
Well, I wasn't, uh, I was not a social media guy. I mean, it's, it's kind of laughable to think about it. Now I didn't have a Twitter account and Corey thought I was a dinosaur at the time because he did and he would use it for work and stuff. And he's like, man, we got to get on Twitter and Instagram. I'm like, I don't even know how to use those things. And I, you just kind of figured it out. And, um, you, I remember us putting out some posts and actually one, one post we made got the attention of Benjamin Hill, who works for minor league baseball and actually is the guy who earns a living, you know, traveling minor league ballparks around the country. And, and, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's a, a champion of our, of our group. That's for sure. And, um, I remember, I mean, it was a couple months into this thing after we launched it and we're just, you know, putting things in Twitter, having teams follow us and like, wow, this is interesting. And I remember the time when Ben Hill was like, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was something about like traveling out to to see the Bismarck Larks because he wasn't traveling to do his normal road tripping and, and documenting minor league baseball. And he's like, yeah, I don't know if I'll be able to make it, but this map sure is special. And I was like, blown away like benjamin hill knows who we are and sure enough he followed us i remember Corey screenshotting it and it being like this is pretty sweet man there, there's a there's a group here that we're now a part of and let's see how far this thing goes and i'll be damned there this, this group keeps going man you bring that up and you're like screenshotting things and i gotta say i like i i get all little kid and i get all little like back in like my like as a little boy and just get like super duper excited whenever like i see like oh well this person followed me and i didn't follow them and it's just really cool to get all giddy and stuff when you when you have somebody like that that you like you look up to and and so on that follows you and follows the things and maybe comments on on something that you do and it sounds like that's probably that example and i'm sure you probably have a couple others that are some of your most memorable uh, experiences so far throughout this process. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think as well, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about Twitter lately. Um, and there was a lot of talk about Twitter back then about maybe how toxic of an environment it was. And, and you, you get that with uh, Facebook and other things, but this community that we've found this, this kind of baseball traveler uh, community is so positive and such a great, um, great, it makes for a great experience on social media. So like our experience on Twitter has been 100% positive. And, um, you know, so when people kind of dog Twitter or other social media as being toxic, it's like, man, it's what you make of it, you know, and, um, and we're, we're having a great time there. Yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, the only Twitter account I use, like, I mean, I have a personal one on there, but I'm using my podcast one more often than not, like almost on a daily basis. And you, you're right. It's that positivity that it creates. And it's like seeing posts that you guys make, seeing posts of your other Kerbrim Media uh, members and the things that they're doing. And it's just awesome to see that. And it gets me excited because it's like all these different things that are going on. And like last summer, I got to meet the two gentlemen from Mapping the Path and that were going around up here in the Northwest. And it was yeah, like really they're big time travelers. They go like yeah. what was like a 20, like a 20 game trip or something. Yeah. So the, the father actually lives not far from where I, I do. And I think the, I think the son lives down in San Francisco area. But I actually got to meet them, and it was really cool to be able just to converse with them and and have a conversation. And so, um, I always like to say, I think, I think that from the positivity standpoint that Corey brought up, it's just like I, I love like being part of this baseball community, and that's one of the things that like I've noticed since being part of this. And maybe you have too. It's it's actually more of a community. It's kind of like family. Like, what do you, what's both of your takes on it? We'll we'll start with Patrick first. Yeah, I you had mentioned the Curve Brim Media Group, and you know we've been a part of that now for uh, over a year, um, and that brings uh, some different some different positive uh, baseball family members, right? That in that group, um, 
with Paul from his uh, Baseball by Design podcast and Anna with her Baseball Bucket List podcast and and the brand that she's made over there, helping people kind of keep track of, of where they've been and, and really what they want to see and what they want to do. Because uh, us in this community, we have, we do have that. It's a real thing. We have, we have these, these, uh, these dreams that we'd, we'd like to get to certain things. And uh, Ben, you actually, you're the one who uh, gave me the hat that I'm wearing right now from the gold panners. Um, we can accord and I talk a lot about the uh, midnight sun game. That's actually something going on that uh, Anna from uh, baseball bucket list is a part of with uh, Japan ball. Uh, you know, and it, it, people coming together and, and that's another important part of it. It's like, it's more than just in social media. It, it facilitates us getting together. And last year, Kerbra media, we got together. Corey didn't get a chance to make that trip to Minnesota, um, but we did a day-night doubleheader, twins in the daytime, St. Paul Saints in the nighttime. Some people were able to, to get together and meet up with us as well, but it also brought the Curb Brim Media team together. And so Pat Larson, uh, Ed Rivera from the Dad Hat Chronicles, we, we all got to meet together in, in Minnesota and uh, finally put some some faces to the names on our, our handles. And and it happens. It happens all the time, man. I mean, everywhere we go, we just we just met up with uh, Malcolm McMillan in Chicago, who's uh, the ballpark guy. Um, you know, he's got a blog, log running blog post. He's from Canada and he was in town. I'm like, we got to go meet up with Malcolm, man. We got to do that. You know, we share we have a news page on our website. Just another way to keep people connected to baseball. And uh, that's got like our favorite bloggers. And some of our favorite resources for people who love baseball, if you're into independent ball or people who travel and can give recommendations or whatever, um, you know, we want to be able to have that on our website, too. And so that news page is there. And Malcolm's a big part of that. He's always pumping out these these posts. And I'm like, we can actually meet him in person. And so social media has kind of facilitated that uh, opportunity. And how cool is that? You know, it's it's awesome. What about you, Corey? Yeah, so I I, I kind of see social media as our way to be able to help people, right? So obviously the map helps people find baseball, but there's other ways we help too. Um, you know, the the map, when you click on a pin, it pulls up a, a logo, right? And we've had people, hat collectors and whatnot, um, that'll go clicking around the map and, and find hats they like. And and so some of our favorite brands um, out there, some of our, our favorite teams, favorite logos um, are you know, having, you know, hat sales generated from our website and uh, and hat collectors are, are you know, uh, able to build their collections that way. And it that feels so great to be able to help, you know, connect the teams with the fans and, and you know, uh, enhance their experience in that way. What about for you, Corey? What about like not just the fans, but like those of us that are either in the podcasting world or the blogosphere or on this other things? Like from your standpoint, like what what does that meant to you to 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 meet these people and and, and to be a part of that community? Well, it's really cool. When typically uh, we almost can't uh, not meet somebody when we go to a ball game. Like, you know, we went to the Cubs game last week and, and met Malcolm, but you know, when, when we go somewhere, we'll try to blast it out on, on social media and nearly every time we're able to meet somebody. And that's a fantastic experience. Um, you know, uh, like we went to Montana to go to a Missoula Paddleheads game and we put that on Twitter and, uh, we're getting recommendations for restaurants and and things to do around there and that's it just makes the experience so much better um and then you know we were able to meet uh was a sammy b uh at the game the the on-field um yeah mc and um you know the, the club guy you know all that stuff was so fantastic they hooked us up with some sweet uh fireplace seats at the game um you know it's it just it makes it makes the experience so much better. Yeah, exactly. I think for me personally is doing the the podcast, being able to have some of that access to like the owners and them being able to 
get you in touch with maybe some of the players or the other coaches, things like that. So that way you can talk to them. I know my, my things about bringing the personal side and sharing their story to everybody so they can see that, Hey, like there's a person behind this name, this face that you see either on TV or on the top 100 prospect list, just that whole thing. And like, that's part of like doing for me anyways, is part of having the two of you on. It's like, let's put a, you know, let's put some faces and let's put some names to baseball mapper because like, I want people to, you know, read, not just read, but to, to hear a little bit more about you, the both of you and hear about like where you guys are coming from, why this idea came up, how this, and like, now the next thing is, is where do you see this going from here? Like, where do you two see from building upon what you have already? I, I look at baseball mapper as a, um, for, for the baseball fan. Right. And it's, it is, it is great for travelers like us, right. Going to games, you know, even if you stick around your area, there's, for, for pretty much everybody on the map, no matter where you live, there's a lot of baseball for you to go find. You don't have to go far. But if you are traveling, there's plenty to see. And that's great for people who like to travel and take in a game as opposed to like going out for a movie or whatever else they would do while they're out in this new city or whatever. Like I said, on a work trip or whatever, we want to be that resource for them, but really want to bring people the baseball content and in, in, in baseball uh, you know, makers and baseball, uh, whether access to players or information or whatever. And that's really kind of where this has started to go. Like I said, some of this is unintended consequences. We didn't necessarily know that, uh, a year into baseball mapper, we would start to get attention on social media from teams and people who are in the front offices of teams and really enjoy the site. Maybe they like to travel too. Thought it's thought it's cool to see something like this going and, and start to think, how can we make for a better experience in bringing people to baseball? And that's where the partnerships with teams has kind of come in with with some of our partners. Like we've we've had a nice long long standing partnership with the Jamestown Tarp Skunks, which is an incredible brand. It's a small team collegiate summer out in Jamestown, New York, but man, their logo and their gear is fire and everybody should know about it. And it's like, we, we get to help bring people to them and whether it's coming to see them in person or just to go buy a hat, like Corey said, they're, they want to get a hat to post on their Instagram page. I don't care how that works out. You know, you know, we have a, we have a partnership with, with uh, our friend Logan with uh, Old Fort Baseball Company in, in Indiana. And he's a baseball maker. And he's in Indiana. He's he's really put a lot of work in in the Fort Wayne location and highlighting baseball because he loves baseball, um, highlighting it to his community. Um, but a lot of people like his designs. And it's like we're able to share it through our site. Um, we started a support local baseball uh, initiative with, with Logan and he put together this incredible design and this is at the heart of everything we're doing, right? Like this idea that we want people to find that local ball team and go out there and pay five bucks, go sit on the lawn, get a hot dog, take your family, uh, have a good time. And that's what it's all about. That's what support local baseball is. And so it's things like that, I'd say, Ben, are probably uh, some of the things that I'm most proud of as far as the direction baseball mappers going is finding other ways besides just the map to bring bring people closer to baseball. What about you, Corey? Where do you see this? Uh, where do you see this going? So, uh, in my opinion, we've we've got a nice little community on on Twitter uh, and Facebook and whatnot of of baseball travelers, baseball fans. So these people maybe who know um, that minor league baseball exists, but you know maybe didn't know that collegiate summer baseball existed. Um, so they're finding baseball, and that's great. Um, and and they're great to connect with, and we're really happy. Uh, to have them along for the ride. But I think there's a lot of people locally, um, especially around us, that 
that just have no idea that um you know this this little subsection of twitter exists or or facebook groups and and um and that there is baseball nearby and it's a great alternative to to you know go into the movies or whatever else uh in the summertime and so i want to i want to reach more of the casual fan um or non-fan of baseball and 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 spread the game that way um so i i, I I hope we're able to do that. You know, um, that would be a, a, a bigger challenge. It was it was pretty easy to reach out to baseball fans and get them in on, you know, uh, letting them know that collegiate summer baseball exists and whatnot. But, uh, you know, we'll we'll see about the rest of them. We're, we're trying though. Hmm. And I I asked you this before we we started recording, and I said you know, you have like little pins on the map, but then you have. Uh, a few here that have logos. Um, tell me a little bit about about that and fill us in on uh, on that process. Yeah, we we share a lot of this on social media as it's happened. We announce when we partner with teams, and what that is 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 some of these relationships that we build through social media, and whether it's you know becoming friends on Instagram or even meeting in person, you know, some of these, these people we we've met in person and we start to establish a relationship. Like you said, I mean, it's, that's the the best part is actually when you get to meet somebody in person and kind of build from there. And so with teams like Jamestown, the Tarp Skunks, the King County Cougars near us, um, the Jackson Rockabillies, the, the brand new team in the prospect league, which is a really cool story because Jackson, Tennessee was one of those cities that lost its team after the realignment in major league baseball and they were without baseball there wasn't a baseball team playing at that stadium last year and now the rockabillies are back and they're going to be playing collegiate summer um they've got an incredible logo um and uh i think that one at that design is by fooser sports it's really incredible and uh, makes some really incredible copa brands and stuff and so really did a great job of the rockabillies and then most recently the minot hot tots which is the newest addition to the northwoods league you know all these relationships we've build and that was a relationship we facilitated a meeting in person during 2020 in bismarck with the the new gm of that team monica blake and um you know we just we we stay in contact with people we we talk about our vision uh for the for the site and really how we want to be kind of like a one 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 resource you know like a one true resource for for fans like if you look at something like the jamestown tarp skunks and you see it and you're like that logo is incredible. I got to get a hat. And then all of a sudden you go to their website and you're buying a hat and it's like not even during the season, we're doing our part to help bring attention to their team. But also like we want to bring people there and to go see a game or stream it live through a link on the site, uh, whatever, whatever we can do. If, if we can get them, you know, discounted tickets, we want to, we want to help our, our website users have that access. And so, these teams that we've partnered with so far um, over the years, they, they've been in on that idea. And, you know, that this idea of, of uh, yeah, let I want more people to find out about us. I mean, doesn't it sound like a, the biggest no brainer of all time? Right. So yeah. it's pretty cool. I mean, it's, and just for those like, cause you know, obviously we're, you're only hearing us through your ears, but um, for those of you who haven't seen this site, I mean, it, it's, it's baseballmapper.com and you could go to see the map and they have the, the four, there's one, two, there's five different logos and they even have the Negro league baseball museum in Kansas city, Missouri. Um, and, and then, uh, so one of the things is, is that if you can click like, for example, like the Minot hot tots, it's like you, it, it pops up, it zooms out, it pops up, tells you what level they're at. The, and I'm just going to run through this is like level collegiate summer league, Northwoods league stadium, uh, Corbett field, acidity, 1,266 address gives you the address. One, one, two, four East Burdick, uh, expressway, mine it, North Dakota. And then you have your, their a link to their website, link to their schedule, a link to their tickets and link to their tots merch. I mean, it clearly lays, I mean, it lays out everything, that you would need here. And even you give a link to where the, you know, the league website, I mean, that to me is like, Hey, it's all in one spot right here. And if I don't want to have to click in a million different spots to go look at the merch, I can click in one and they're a map. 
Yeah, that was the hope. Like, you know, for, for our partners, it's like whatever we can do. Over the years, we've, uh, if a team is partnered with uh, their local hotel, right? The local Hilton Hotel is a sponsor of the team. And they offer discounts for fans to use a code to get $10 off a hotel room. How awesome would that be to have a button on the map where people can click it and get that discount? And now they can also click a button and go get tickets and they can click a button and buy their merchandise ahead of time and not worry about it not being in stock. You know, that happens all the time. You get, you were waiting to get a hat. You get there. It's out. Not your size, you know, um, you know, this is the this is the the one stop that we want to be is like we don't want people to have to search other places. We want you can plan your trip. You can see just how close this is. And and, uh, you know, Corey had referenced it earlier on too. like, you know, it, uh, down the road, we'd love to make it a point to point plot out plot a course for guys like mapping the path. Get your 20 baseball teams for your summer trip and organize it through the site. And we'll get there. But um, in the meantime, want to have links to everything else they could need um you know most recently Corey, what was what did you most recently add to the map just this week you announced on social media yeah so all the uh minor league teams now have a uh on the minor league uh milb.com website uh benjamin hill put together ballpark guides for for all 120 ballparks Mm -hmm. so if you go to a pin of a minor league team you'll see the the ballpark name the stadium name is a link and that links to the the ballpark guide for that website so you know i'm trying to trying to add those ballpark guides exist for um, major league baseball um though not officially um that was that was something anna's putting together on baseball bucket list is is um links to her version of ballpark guides for all the major league baseball teams but uh benjamin hill put it together for minor league and so it's on the website um so hopefully over time we're able to add little little nuggets like that that you know may go somewhat unnoticed but hopefully if you if you're looking at a minor league team um you, you notice that that hyperlink you're able to learn a little bit about the um the ballpark before you go it's interesting because i i just pulled up local team the, the hillsborough hops here and yeah you do have ron tonkin field and you could click on that and yeah i'm i saw that the hill came out with those uh all parks and being able to go and take a look at them, give them some information. So that that's, that's pretty interesting that you have on there. Um, I, I do have a kind of like a futuresque question here. Um, not only about like you being able to say, okay, well, I'm going to go to this area. Can I click from point A to point B? Um, but have you thought about, and just curious, have you thought about having like a login, maybe like a little, like, I don't know if a subscription base or, uh, whatever it might be, just something little small where, you know, people can have their own account. And then for example, can like, Hey, I've been here. I'm going to click on that one to say I've been there. And then it turns it like a different color. So they can personally keep track of the parks that they've been to and see the ones that they haven't. And so that way they can map their own path. Yeah, absolutely. So right now, I don't know if you're Kind of a website developer uh, or anything, but the the website right now is read only. So like, there's no there's no user uh, estates that are saved, you know. So um, so that'll be a big change to the website. It has been um, requested every year since it was built. People want to see their own version of of a baseball map and and sort of be able to put in dates when they were there or whatever. Um, we're collectors Corey. we like to collect things right right and it would be fantastic you know to be able to upload a picture or two of of your experience at the ballpark and when you're there what seat you sat in this and that um so yeah someday we'll get there um but uh yeah that's that was that is definitely um an aspiration for for us and let me let me throw this out there. It's like just an interesting thing because I don't want to get down the rabbit's hole too much. But what if like I'm just throwing this out? What would if what would it be like if you could have a part on this website, even with what you have currently, 
where you're getting your um your fan base involved and you're getting other people and maybe from there have them share like some pictures from their experiences like this summer or this season and send you pictures and then you could put them up on your website to show like hey these are real life people this is their real life experience at these parks like their selfies i've just i, I think that would be kind of cool but i probably right. don't have a lot of time yeah I had I had looked into um you know on Instagram you can tag your location so I was like all right you know if you're at if you're at Simmons Field in Kenosha uh, and you're on Instagram and you tag it that you're there it'd be great to be able to show those those images you know somewhere in the pop up or something um so yeah that's that's definitely something we're looking into as well yeah everything and that's that again that's part of the community it's one of those things you find out is that there's a there's a way to make things collaborative too it's like offering something offering something like this to the community we found a few years ago that it was appreciated right like it was it like people really appreciate it and that's and that's humbling for both of us like to be able to offer something and share it with people and it it work and it makes them happy right but it's also unfinished Right. It, it isn't something where we dropped it and can walk away from it, as Corey alluded to earlier, like it, it requires constant attention. It requires constant auditing. It requires a collaborative effort from people to let us know, hey, this link isn't active or, hey, you missed this team or this team's no longer playing, but this team is now playing over here. Um and so we get, you know, people reach out to us. They can always reach out to us uh, at info at baseballmapper.com. That's on the website as well. You know, uh, contact us, you know, and share share what you'd like to to see and what your thoughts are and if there's something missing. And because we try to keep up with it, but like, like Corey said, there, things change constantly. And so the idea of making it even more collaborative um, and kind of making it like, uh, a, a crowd event is really, I mean, that's, that's the baseball experience, man. I mean, it, it's what this group and this community is all about and it would be cool to kind of offer that through the site. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, a million different little ideas is like you guys are talking about this. I'm really excited about this. And, um, but just as you're talking about it, the enthusiasm and everything behind it, it it's just like, wow. Like, I could see like some cool things, but Corey would be like ripping his hair out and telling me I'm, I'm crazy. <laughs> that's every, that's every a baseball mapper company meeting, Ben. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> you come with the ideas. Corey comes with less hair. It's, uh, well, it's, it's not. No, he comes up with ideas, too. It just is like, oh, do you realize what that means? And I'm like, bro, but what if, right? How cool. What if, yeah yeah this is a this is amazing um and i appreciate the the level of effort and and time that has gone into this and i know that this is something that it's like it's both your your child and it's something that you just care for and and it's a work in progress just like anything else and you're just trying to make it ways that you can make it better for everybody and this is really, really cool. I really appreciate what you've, uh, what the two of you have done here. Thank you. That's very nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's the best part of it is, is really being able to help people being a free resource for the fans. You know, that's, that's really important to us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we go, I just want to, I, I ask a couple random questions and I'm going to ask a couple different random off topic questions for the both of you. Uh, just so we can have a little fun before we end it. Um, so, good. so the, so the first question, and we'll start off with Patrick. The first question is, is what's your face favorite baseball movie and why? Oh, no, it's, it's not even, a, we can stop right here. I mean, it's a no brainer. Major league. Isn't just my favorite baseball movie. Major league is my favorite movie of all time. It is the most quotable movie. If it's on, if it was on TV, when I get home tonight, I sit down and watch it. I've seen it hundreds of times. I know it verbatim. 
the characters in that movie, whether it's uh, Rick Vaughn or Jake Taylor or Willie Mays Hayes, uh, or my personal favorite is Harry Doyle, obviously, when you yes. have Bob Euchre playing himself. Um, that that movie is perfect to me. I love everything from uh, Randy Newman's opening song, Burn On, about, about the, the Cuyahoga River. I love every single, even the cheesy um, uh, romance between Jake and Rene Russo's character. And I, I mean, she was incredible. I remember. I mean, I was young when I first... Coffin. <laughs> yeah. Right. Moby Dick, right. I'm a Moby Dick. Major, so that works out. Yeah. Um, I, I, everything about that movie. I love it. It's the most perfect baseball movie of all time. So my favorite piece in that movie, I think it's the absolute hilarious thing ever out there is the fact when she comes in and she's like here's who we're inviting to spring training and then so they're going down the list and they're yeah. like this guy here is dead and she's like we'll cross, cross him, him off, him off then. then perfect i think that's one of the most funniest lines in that movie we'll cross him off then it's, a, it's great it's got plenty of them there's plenty of them if anybody that you can imagine has not watched Major League, they should watch it immediately. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah. That's directed at you, Corey. Yeah. So um, so my answer to this is that I've never seen a baseball movie. Um, what? I've never seen any of them. Um, so my favorite baseball movies are the documentaries. Um, so I, I've watched, um, you know, one about the Portland Mavericks. Um was it Sanu? What's who was the twins guy that we saw like the Dominican? Um... Oh, um, yeah. What was the name of that one? That Dominican one. Um, Miguel Sano was in that one. That was about. Yeah. Uh, it was you know ball player. What is uh what is ball player in oh, Spanish? Uh, Bolotero. Bolotero. Yeah, man. Nice. Yeah. So you know, um, the knuckleball. I think was another one. I love these. Uh, more you know, real life baseball documentaries but i've never seen a fictional baseball movie oh come on i, I mean you wear a club what? shirt i at least think you'd like watch rookie of the year man terrible no sorry <laughs> play for the cubs <laughs> i'm working on it i mean we're working on it ben it's a work in progress man oh man he needs to watch that movie that that's <laughs> that that'll that'll at least like Baby steps, baby steps into it. Right. So, um, okay. So, Corey, for you, the other one I'd like to ask is, if you could have any superhuman power, what would it be and why? Mm, I've never really thought about that. But um, based on the fact that I really want to be a helicopter pilot one day, I would say flying would be it for me. Um, I love the idea of flying, avoiding traffic being efficient, getting places, be able to see more baseball that way. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I really hope myself in my retirement to uh, get a pilot's license, start flying around a baseball game. So there you That'd go. Be pretty cool. How about you? I, my, my only request would be that um, Corey gets to fly so that I can go to a baseball games. That's all. That, that's plenty. <laughs> he can carry you on his back. <laughs> right whatever well listen if he can't get the pilot's license then yeah i'll just hang out for sure there you go there you go well i really appreciate you to taking some time to have a great discussion with me today and to get to learn more about baseball mapper where it's come from where it's been and just some of those a little bit of growing pains but you've overcome that and you know you've you're building something that's really really special and you know, I hope to see more partnering uh, baseball teams with you here in the near future. I'm sure you're working on those diligently, but uh, great product, guys. And thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. We really appreciate it, Ben. It was great to uh, actually see you in person. So it's awesome. Look forward to seeing you down the road in a ballpark in real life. Yeah. So you're ever out here, you know, we've got we got baseball galore out here. We'll go to some games and we'll, we'll have some fun. Hey, uh, thanks for having us. And thank you for your podcast. It's, it's a good, uh, fantastic listen. And, and I really appreciate the, um, 
the baseball makers out there making the sort of stuff that I like to listen to, which is which is personal stories and whatnot about baseball. So thanks a lot for that. Yeah, well, I appreciate that very much. So, so thanks again to baseballmapper.com. Like I said, you go check it out, baseballmapper.com. You get your one-stop shop resource for any baseball team out there. And again, like these guys said, if if you see something that needs to be updated, contact them at info at baseballmapper.com and they'll get working on it and work with you uh, to get this change made or add a team. So anyways, that'll do it for this episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. I appreciate you listening to this episode. Go check us out on Twitter and Instagram and wherever you get your podcasts at go and check all these other great episodes that we have coming for you and that have been out there. So that'll do it for this episode. Have a great day wherever you are at and peace out. Oh.